Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loyal, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christos Voskres. Voistinu Voskres. Christos Anesti. Alitos Anesti. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East on this day of days, this great and glorious radiant day of our Lord's resurrection. We just greeted you with the traditional greetings in the Byzantine Church. The greetings are done in English, the Church Slavonic, the ancient Church Slavonic. Greek, and then once again in English. In fact, we do this in many languages in our church, but those are the principal ones, Greek, Slavonic, and English. So again, we say to you, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. And in the Byzantine church, we never tire of saying that to one another. In fact, we do it throughout the services, especially the magnificent matins or resurrection service that precedes the divine liturgy on Easter Sunday. And during this service, we take on the posture of the women at the tomb who were the first to hear of Christ's resurrection. Remember, it wasn't the apostles who were the first. It was the women. It was to the women that the first message was entrusted. And in this way, Christ, the new Adam, undoes, in a sense, what the devil did to the original Eve and Adam in the Garden of Paradise, where the serpent came and brought them the bad news that led to their death and to sin. Now Christ, the new Adam, brings to the Eve, the new Eve, and the symbols of the new Eve, the women, the message of the good news of Christ's resurrection. And the women, as you recall from the scripture, go running hastily from that tomb with that message. They're filled with that message, and they believe it. 
The men did not believe it at first. That's why Christ entrusted it to the women with their genius and gift to be able to receive the message. And they carried that message to the apostles. And as they did, they were running. You can just imagine them panting in disbelief, but yet they did believe, trying to understand this mystery, out of breath, excited, anxious. And in fact, the sounds, the pace, the tone of our resurrection matin service carries that same kind of almost exhaustive pace. And we take on the position of the holy women who ran from the tomb with that initial news of Christ's resurrection. Listen to how it is sung by the choir of St. Vladimir's Orthodox Theological Seminary under the direction of David Drillock. So let them vanish as well 
Hopefully you can hear from that great demonstration the type of exuberance and pace that our liturgical experience and expression takes on during this radiant day, this day of days, a day that the Lord has made. And by the way, in my excitement for this day, and Katie's excitement as well, we forgot to introduce ourselves, right, Katie? But actually what really mattered was introduction of the fact that Christ is risen, but we'll do it anyway. I'm Father Thomas Loya here on Light of the East. I'm here with Katie Goulis on Light of the East. Again, we say to you, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. And let's do it again in our own tongue. Christos vos gras. Vois tira vos gras. <laughs> we never tire of it, do we, Katie? It's Not at a, all. I mean, after all, we've been doing prostrations and fasting and, and abstaining and doing all these ascetical disciplines that the, the joy of the resurrection is just just overabundant and just abounds in us. And in fact, when you do come through the Lenten season, when you really embrace it, the way that we do and the depth and richness of it, it really does make Easter, Pascha as we call it, so much sweeter, doesn't it, Katie? Yeah, definitely. I like to I like to think of it as my favorite sports team. You know, mm-hmm. they've been up and down throughout this season, but now they finally won the championship. And you just can't <laughs> right. you can't help but brag about it to all your friends and to your family. You just can't help but shout it from the rooftops. Exactly. And our liturgy does it so ingeniously. And by the way, if you're interested in experiencing Easter in the Byzantine tradition, there's probably no better place, I have to admit, because of people like Katie Goulis's father. George Goulis, who's one of our cantors, our choir members, our other cantors, and our congregation. Come to Annunciation Parish during this wonderful Easter season, maybe even next Sunday on the Sunday of St. Thomas, where again, you'll hear this exuberance of Easter. And we sustain this exuberance for, well, several weeks, about 40 days, don't we, Katie, in the Byzantine Church. Our liturgy is at 10 o'clock, our Eucharistic liturgy at Annunciation Church. But prior to that is the Resurrection Matin Service. So we start at 9 o'clock with the Resurrection Matin Service, which proclaims the resurrection. Again, we take on the posture of the women at the tomb. We take that message to the world. And then we go into the Eucharistic liturgy, which is starts at 10 a.m. That's at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And to find out more about us, you can go to our website, byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. There's one more item I want to announce to you, especially those of you who are preparing for marriage in the Byzantine Church. And in fact, it's rather providential that we're making this announcement because Easter really is that great consummation, that great celebration of the wedding feast of the bridegroom Christ with his bride. In fact, we sing during the resurrection matin service, we say that Christ emerges from the tomb like a bridegroom from the bridal chamber and fills the women with joy. And on that note, we have a Byzantine marriage preparation day of recollection coming up at my church on Saturday, May 21st, 2011, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we're going to talk more about that when we return. So please stay with us here on the radiant day of day, the day of our Lord's resurrection. And once again and again, we say to you, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christos vos Christ. Voyest de nuvos Christ. Christos anesti. Alitos anesti. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, host of Light of the East Radio. Do you remember your wedding ceremony? Andrew, have you come here freely to take... Or maybe you are planning for your wedding day. The marriage ceremony of the Byzantine Catholic Church is actually a timeless reservoir of wisdom and spirituality that can guide and inspire your entire married life. Till death, unite us forever. 
is a live interactive presentation produced by the Eparchy of Parma as part of a year-long marriage initiative. This presentation will unlock for you the deep, encompassing wisdom and spiritual richness of the marriage ritual of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Come to St. Michael Byzantine Catholic Parish in Merrillville, Indiana on Sunday, May 1st at 2 p.m. and be a part of this presentation which will seek to address the questions, yearnings, joys, doubts, hopes, and disappointments that lie in the hearts of people today. Sunday, May 1st, 2 p.m. at St. Michael Byzantine Catholic Church, 557 West 57th Avenue, Merrillville, Indiana. Learn more at parma.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East on this day filled with light, this radiant day of our Lord's resurrection. The music you heard coming in to the second half of our program today was sung by the Schola Cantorum of St. Peter the Apostle Church under the direction of J. Michael Thompson. You've been hearing on our program today the music of the Schola Cantorum under the direction of J. Michael Thompson, as well as the music of the St. Vladimir's Orthodox Seminary under the direction of David Drillock. And we bring to you the sounds of the resurrection. You know, oftentimes on days like this, the resurrection or Christmas Day, you know, the highest 
holy days of the liturgical year in our Byzantine church, the Eastern churches, would like to bring to you the sounds of those feast days because those sounds communicate perhaps, I imagine, better than I can, than my own words can, the feeling, the sense, the sentiment, the power, the richness, the depth of the church's celebration, the church's immersion into these incredible events. But there's also something that gives us a sense of it, something that is especially close to our hearts, right, Katie? In fact, it's actually close to another part of our body, which is also near our heart, and that is our stomachs. And we have a great tradition during the Easter season in the Eastern churches of what we call the Easter baskets or the Pascha baskets. And the word Pascha really comes from the Hebrew word Pesach, which means Passover. And the foods that we eat during the Easter season, we bless them on Holy Saturday evening or on Easter morning. We bless these foods because those are the foods that we have abstained from during the Easter season. Isn't that true, Katie? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The foods that have to do with fattiness, with celebration. In the Bible, foods were normally presented in times of celebration. And so we abstain from those things precisely because we're not celebrating until Easter. We're abstaining and focusing, we were focusing on our sinfulness, you know, on our sense of exile and are mourning for our own sinfulness. But now we've come into this period of redemption and we're moving out of it and we realize that we have been forgiven and that God has made all things new through his resurrection. And so we once again laden our tables with this magnificent food. And our tradition is this. We prepare these foods, which takes a few days. I'm proud to say at my parish of Annunciation in Homer Glen, Illinois, the tradition was on Holy Thursday and throughout the next two days, the young people from our parish would prepare these baskets, but all the households prepare them if they know how, if they can. And these baskets are then brought to church and they are blessed. And what is in those baskets and why? Well, first of all, (laughs) what's in those baskets are the things that we abstain from, as I mentioned. And they all have to do with the fattiness of the land. In other words, things that you use to celebrate with. And there's biblical roots to the reason for these specific foods. And even for the entire celebration, really, of Easter, you see, it all ties together. The Old Testament, the Passover event in the Old Testament in Exodus 12, and the Passover supper, the Passover ritual, and also the actual escape from the Egyptians that God provided for the Israelite people, in which they crossed over the Red Sea. And of course, after they crossed over the Red Sea, the Egyptians were drowned. So there was a crossing over. So this sense of passing over, of crossing over, sets the biblical basis for the very foods that we enjoy and bless during this season of Easter. What happened was in the Exodus 12, you recall, the Jews were told to take the blood of the lamb and sprinkle it on their doorpost because God was going to punish the Egyptians, the pursuing Egyptians once and for all. And he sent 10 plagues, but then he finally did the ultimate one. He was going to kill their firstborn, but he told the Jewish people, put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their homes, which of course was a prefigurement for the blood of Christ the lamb. And when the angel of death would come to kill the firstborn sons of every Egyptian family, the angel would know to pass over the homes of the Jewish people that were marked by the blood of the lamb. And so the meal includes oftentimes lamb, the Easter meal. Many people have lamb, especially the Middle Eastern and Greek people of the Eastern churches. They will bless and enjoy a lamb for that reason, based in the Bible, which was a prefigurement of Christ the lamb who sacrifices himself on the cross. And 
also because of the blood of the lamb sprinkled on the doorpost. So that's the, one of the first biblical references for the foods that we have abstained from, and yet what we eat again starting on Easter. We bless and eat them starting on Easter. Another event also is the fact that Christ at the Last Supper, the mystical supper, was in fact a Passover meal. It was a commemoration of Passover, which Christ said would now become the new Passover, in which he would pass over from this earth through the cross into heaven, and therefore make the way open for all of us to eventually pass over from earth into heaven. See, that way was not open to us until Christ sacrifices himself. He becomes the sacrificial lamb on the cross and thus opens the door, kind of crosses over like the Jewish people, cross over the Red Sea, away from the enemy into the promised land. And so the promised land for us, of course, becomes the heavenly spiritual promised land of heaven in which we will ultimately enjoy the ultimate wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven, as it says in the book of Revelations. So, Caitlin, tell us a little bit more about the foods that are in these wonderful baskets. <laughs> well, the foods traditionally blessed for Easter can be reduced to three categories. Easter bread, referred to by our people as Pascha, meat products like ham, stuffed veal, suckling pig or lamb, sausage and bacon, and dairy products like butter, cheese, and eggs. Now, the meaning behind this variety is firstly that the Easter bread is a large, round loaf of bread made of white flour and enriched by adding eggs, raisins, and milk. On top, it is decorated with a crown and a cross of various designs made out of the same dough. It symbolizes our Lord Jesus Christ, the living bread who came down from heaven to give life eternal to the world. Thus, the Easter bread reminds us of the presence of our true Pasch, Jesus Christ, who promised without fail to remain with us until the end of time. Now, secondly, the meat products symbolize the sacrificial animals of the Old Testament, like you said, Father Tom, foreshadowing the true sacrifice of our Savior who became for us a Lamb of God, taking away the sins of the world. As we learn from the prayer of the blessing, the meat products also symbolize the fattened calf prepared for the prodigal son, representing fallen mankind on his return to his father, the Heavenly Father. Thus, at Easter, we celebrate our return to God and our joyous participation in the blessings of our Savior, who promised to be our true food. Finally, the dairy products remind us of the prosperity and peace of the Messianic times, which had been foretold by the prophets. Metaphorically, the milk and honey in the Bible signify wealth, especially the spiritual wealth of God's kingdom. Therefore, as he blesses the dairy products, the priest prays, as we partake of them, may we be filled with your generous gifts and unspeakable goodness. Eggs were always considered as a symbol of the resurrection, the emergence of a new life. At Easter, our Savior came forth from the tomb as a chick after breaking the shell at birth. Because of this special meaning, it is fitting that Easter eggs be colored or decorated. They are the favorite object of our national art and are known to us as pisanki. Yes, pisanki. You do pisanki, Katie? Yeah, we do it at home. My dad and I um, bought a kit this year, and so we've been making a couple. Um, I was really sad the other day because my favorite one, when we were in the very finishing stages of putting the shiny coat on it, fell off of the cooling stand or the drying stand and cracked. So I was really disappointed. <laughs> I the risks. Yeah, but it's a venerable tradition, and it's a very painstaking, kind of laborious. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's really long. You take wax, and you have to use a stylus to put it on mm -hmm. the egg, and then you put it in a color, mm -hmm. and then you take it out, you put more wax on it, and you mm -hmm. put it in another color, 
and you have to wait for it to sit and you have to wait for it to dry. And then when it's all done, you get to melt the wax off of it to see your beautiful the color, finished beautiful product. Colors. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a great tradition. It's especially a strong tradition among the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian Byzantine and Orthodox Christians. And they make, sometimes these, these eggs are just magnificent. They're truly works of art, very, very detailed and very beautiful in, in their color. Lots of wonderful things in this Easter basket. I also wanted to mention to you something I referred to earlier. There's a wonderful opportunity for those of you who are getting married this year to learn about the Byzantine marriage. Actually, it's a Byzantine marriage preparation day. And it's going to be Saturday, May 21st from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. at my Church of Annunciation. To register, just go to TaborLife.org. That's TaborLife.org. Katie, I think the best way to end our program today is once again with the sounds of the troparion, the theme of this Resurrection Day, the theme of Christ is Risen. And to all of our guests and listeners, once again, we say Christ is Risen. Indeed, he is risen. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. CRI, CatholicRadioInternational.com